You're listening to the UBC Medicine Learning Network. You're listening to Metamorphosis, a podcast designed to help medical students navigate their medical careers. My name is Adam. And my name is Ali. And on today's episode, we will be chatting with Dr. Matthew Carwana, a pediatrician working out of BC Children's Hospital, among a number of other exciting positions in pediatrics throughout both Vancouver and Canada. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Um, So we'd like to start today just to give you a little bit of space to talk about what it is you do as a pediatrician. Sure, yeah. Um, So like you mentioned, I guess, in my introduction, um, I have a couple of different jobs. Um, I guess my main job is I'm one of the inpatient pediatricians at BC Children's Hospital. So I work on our clinical teaching unit and with our consult service, uh, looking after uh, kind of acute medical inpatients on the uh, pediatric ward at Children's. Um, and that's how I spend, I guess, about half of my time. And then I also have a role with the Richer Initiative, which is our social pediatrics program at BC Children's Hospital. And I work uh, in a variety of settings, mostly kind of in Northeast Vancouver, uh, doing place-based care for more marginalized children around Vancouver. And then I do a couple of other kind of odds and ends here and there. I do some locum work at a clinic um, on West Broadway, the Fairmont Pediatric Clinic. Um, and I've done some uh, locum call at Surrey Memorial Hospital and BC Women's Hospital and then some Northern locums as well. So kind of a big mix of things that I probably need to narrow down a little bit in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you have a lot on your plate. Yeah. You encompass it pretty well. Um, but something that struck me when we were starting to look into pediatrics a little bit and admittedly personally become a little bit more interested in pediatrics was just how broad the specialty is. And that's not something that I really realized in the first place. I kind of thought that you know, once you narrow down a patient population, your your list of problems gets a little bit smaller. Um, but I realize, you know, there's community pediatricians, there's um, pediatricians that are like an intensive care type of thing. Um, and it's it's kind of remarkable to me. So I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about just how broad and the types of types of pediatrics you can do. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's one of definitely, um, it can be a draw to a lot of people, the breadth of what you can do in pediatrics. Um, and likewise, it can sometimes, I think, be a bit intimidating. Um, but I mean, I think it's, it's most analogous. I think medical students are probably more familiar with um, internal medicine in terms of kind of like a broad medical specialty um, as an entry point. And I think pediatrics is very similar, um, except if you go into pediatrics, rather than caring for people kind of 18 and above, you're going to be caring for people from birth to around 18 years, although we do sometimes care for older youth if they have significant medical complexity or like a really kind of pediatric owned problem. Um, so, I mean, I think choosing to go into pediatrics in general still leaves you wide open in terms of there's capacity, like you said, to be a community pediatrician, there's capacity to do mostly kind of infant and newborn care. And then there's also fellowships within pediatrics that encompass the breadth of specialties that you find in internal medicine. So colleagues, um, that I work with are pediatric rheumatologists and pediatric and uh, critical care specialists, pediatric cardiologists. So you know, really, I think almost every specialty reflected in adult medicine has a pediatric uh, specialty as well. So there's a huge range uh, in terms of what people can choose to do. And then I chose to become a general pediatrician, which again, is kind of, I guess, similar to general internal medicine. But again, there's a huge breadth in terms of what we do in general pediatrics. And I guess just me, I guess, listing my initial jobs probably um, 
gave a bit of a sense of that, but certainly yeah, there's still a huge general. breadth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's there's still a ton of different stuff that you can do within within general pediatrics alone. So certainly it's a specialty that has a lot to offer in terms of breadth. Very cool. And so when we take you back to medical school um, and those very first days of, of your medical program, um, was pediatrics very high on your on your list just going into med school? Yeah, good question. I mean, yeah, to be honest, it was. I I hate to think of myself as the type of person that was like in high school saying I'm going to be a pediatrician, but I kind of <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of was, mm-hmm. um, and certainly tried to uh, broaden my horizons a little bit through my early 20s. But by the time I started medical school, uh, I think I knew I wanted to do something more general, um, and I was between kind of probably pediatrics and family medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think there was a number of things that probably kind of helped me hone in on on pediatrics. I think one of my big interests coming into medical school was the ability to do some advocacy around child health. And I think for me, I felt like maybe being a pediatrician would be a, a good platform to be able to do that. I think that certainly a family physician can also do a lot of amazing advocacy for children. And there's been examples around the province during COVID of family physicians leading um, up projects that are kind of in support of child health. So, I mean, mm-hmm. by no means is that an absolute necessity, but that was part of my uh, decision-making at least. Mm-hmm. And then um, I didn't, I went to McMaster for medical school, uh, which is obviously a three-year program. And um, I think the pressure to make a decision felt even tighter than it does for people in a four-year program, which I know probably Absolutely. also feels tight. Um, so I did a lot of work in my first year doing kind of these horizontal elective shadowing experiences mm-hmm. and got quite connected early on uh, with a pediatrician in Hamilton, um, Andrea Hunter. In case she's listening. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> I actually also did in med school uh, a podcast. I did. I was part of a, a podcast called Health Justice Radio in Hamilton. So no oh, this is like cool. a throwback to my own podcasting. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, this is nostalgic. Yeah, it is nostalgic. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, I think I interviewed Andrea about refugee health when I was a medical student. Anyway. No way. Um, yeah. So she became my mentor, though, pretty early on in medical school. And uh, she just had a practice that I could really see myself having at some point in my own life. And that kind of sort of sealed the deal for me. And then um, I took some advice from her and other folks in terms of trying a breadth of different electives, including um, certain pediatric specialties, but also outside of pediatrics. And mm-hmm. I think by the time I was kind of uh, rounding the summer to fall where I was applying for CARMS, I was, I was pretty confident that pediatrics was going to be the, the specialty for me. But okay. yeah. So we definitely, we want to circle back to CARMS in a second, but I just kind of had sure. a curious question of... Mm-hmm. Did you have a lot of experiences with kids growing up? Was that was that something that really kind of like solidified you in in that direction? You know, you hear a lot about <laughs> everybody's been a camp mm-hmm. counselor or something like mm-hmm. that. Is that something that uh, is common, at least for you or for pediatrics? Yeah, I think I think probably you will find that, and I know I know certainly that um, can be an important thing to kind of demonstrate some sort of connection to working with children. Um, I I grew up like coaching swimming lessons right. and water polo and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, I was like the person at my swim club that like taught the private lessons for the children that had sort oh, of nice. neurodevelopmental differences and stuff like that. So I, I guess certainly there was, um, there was probably some predestiny um, in terms of my work <laughs> with children um, involved. And, um, but yeah, so I, I think that is an important thing to have some skill and rapport working with children, but I guess we'll probably talk more about this later. I think there's a lot more to pediatrics than just your ability to connect with kids because so much of it is working with families as well and working with families during times really of like kind of immense challenge and crisis so um 
but certainly I think having that rapport with children can go a long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say like, don't apply to pediatrics if you weren't a camp counselor though, because I don't, <laughs> I think, I think that maybe that's a little bit of a misnomer in terms of our specialty that to be a pediatrician, you have to have been like a camp counselor and, um, <laughs> you know, like babysat from the time you were like, whatever, whenever you're allowed to babysit, like nine or 10 or yeah. whatever. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily what's going to be the only thing that's going to make you a good pediatrician. And, and especially that has so much breadth, I think there's space for a lot of different types of people. That's of great. And then now moving on to residency, which program did you match to? And, and how was that? Yeah, uh, I did my PED residency at BC Children's. Um, I'm, I'm from Vancouver. So I was uh, really hoping to come home. So I was delighted to be able to match back at home. Nice. Um, and certainly, I guess like this isn't supposed to be an elevator pitch for our program, but I think <laughs> I think if you like Google it or ask around the things that um, the UBC pediatrics program is known to be strong in is kind of global health and social pediatrics, which are both two, two things that I was keen on exploring more through my residency. Um, and so, no, I, I mean, I think residency is, is busy. It's intense. It's going to be intense yeah. for everyone. Um, pediatric residency, you do do a lot of call, no matter where you go across the country, you're going to do a lot of call because we spend a lot of time training, um, in intensive care settings, both the neonatal ICU and the pediatric ICU, okay. as well as doing a lot of inpatient medical call. Um, and then there's even specialty call and things like oncology. That's like pretty busy mm -hmm. sometimes and emerge rotation. So it's not a, um, yeah, you do a lot of call, like you, you should expect to be doing kind of one in four call for most of your residency or else a night float for most of your residency. Um, so I, I think it's people important for people to know that and understand that before they, they go on, you're definitely going to work hard. But I think one of the advantages to pediatrics is that people that work in peds generally want to be there. They're generally yeah. passionate about it and they care about trying to help children, to help sick children get better, to help families through the course of their child's illness. So I think it tends to be a pretty positive um, learning and work environment. And it's also kind of nice. I mean, most pediatric programs, you, you do a lot of your training at one hospital. So you do really get to know the folks that work at your hospital pretty well, particularly by the time you're coming back to rotations in your third and fourth year. Um, you know, like the nurses and other allied health staff and certainly the staff, like other physicians, uh, become familiar faces, which I think makes it kind of nice compared to my understanding of, I mean, I've only done one residency, thankfully, but um, what, what I understand from folks that do kind of other adult specialties in particular is they might bop around a lot more and have a harder time kind of building familiarity with one site. So, right. um, yeah. And, and I mean, again, I had a lot of opportunity both to do, um, like I, I did a global health elective in Botswana. Um, I was able to go oh, cool. up North and work in Prince George and to a mm -hmm. small community called Hartley Bay. Um, yeah, I got to do critical care transport call. Like just, there's like a lot of really cool opportunities within our program that were great to, that I took advantage of. So, so sorry. So those were things that you did kind of over and above your residency? No, well, during residency, there, there's okay. sort of like, I guess, you know, lots of different opportunities that crop up along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think cool. gotcha. for me, it was important to kind of take advantage of as many of those opportunities as possible. Um, Absolutely. Because they really help expand your learning and expand your horizon. So. Yeah, what was it like being a pediatrician up north for that brief period of time you would have done that? Um, as a resident or as a staff? I guess I guess you've done both now, right? <laughs> yeah. And as a resident, I went to Prince George uh, and Hartley Bay and also actually to Whitehorse for a week. And then oh, wow. as a staff, I've been to Thompson, Manitoba and Prince George and Smithers and Hazleton. Wow. Um, let's do both. <laughs> sure. A lot of very different experiences. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's hard to... Um, 
each of those experiences is extremely different. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of hard to, I, I guess, kind of categorize them all together. I mean, I think it's, for me, it's been a important part, especially in my early practice, I would say, um, to be pushed as somebody that works largely at a tertiary center where we see a lot of complicated patients, but we're also well supported with like at BC Children's, we have not only specialists in every pediatric specialty, but training programs in all those specialties. So mm-hmm. um, you're, you're, you know, you're looking after complicated patients, but you're really well supported. There's a pediatric ICU, you know, three floors below our medical ward at BC Children's. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a unique practice setting. And so for me, it was important to go further afield and have a little bit more of that feeling of what do I do when I am alone? And do I feel like I can do this alone? And I mean, certainly it's not like I feel like I, you know, you're never going to be, I think, 100% confident 100% of the time, but it's Mm -hmm. been a good, I think it's a really important push. It was a push for me and something that I now do recommend to people when they're finishing their training, because I think it's a great opportunity. And I think also just to gain a better understanding of the breadth of health, health challenges, sorry, that children Uh, across the country face like it's obviously one of our big challenges in Canada to have this massive geographic area and then have the majority of our medical care centered around these major cities um, that might be thousands of kilometers um, from where a child lives that needs significant medical care so um, and I think as somebody that works again at our kind of provincial tertiary or quaternary hospital it's been important for me to maintain that perspective of like you know family that I look after on the ward will come from Dawson City, Yukon, and it's been helpful to work far away to to understand at least a little bit better, maybe um, some of the barriers that families might face seeking care somewhere like Vancouver. This is more of a hypothetical question, just from my own knowledge. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if there were more pediatricians working in these um, more remote or inaccessible areas or just smaller communities in general, do you think that there would be less children that would eventually have to come down to Children's Hospital to be seen? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, um, again, another elevator pitch, like we're super short of pediatricians mm-hmm. um, in BC. So so if it's something you're considering, there's definitely going to be jobs. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, um, you know, I acknowledge like I'm, I'm somebody that like I live and work in Vancouver and I've been lucky to have the opportunity to stay here. And for a variety of reasons, I think I'll choose to live in Vancouver. But um, but it's it's places kind of outside of the lower mainland in Southern Vancouver Island that are probably both most in need of, of pediatric care. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of communities specifically in the North that are, you know, desperately really short of pediatric coverage right now and relying on locums and um, even like family physicians that do some extra pediatric training to extend to mm-hmm. cover pediatric call. So, so yes, I think in short, absolutely. Like I think I don't remember the exact numbers. One of my colleagues, Kirsten Miller and Prince George would probably be able to do a better job of um telling how like how many short we are because i know she's done some Mm -hmm. work with the bc pediatric society on that but um but yeah there's certainly substantial shortages and a lot of the care could be done you know further afield a lot of the Mm -hmm. sites up north do an amazing job though caring for quite acutely sick children and and keeping them there so it's not like every kid that ends up in hospital ends up at children's bc has quite Mm -hmm. a distributed model and lots of kids are cared for closer to home but Mm -hmm. um but we could certainly use more pediatricians deciding to live and relocate to more remote locations mm. around the province. And now currently in your work, do you ever have to consult even over the phone or virtually with physicians that are in these communities that are smaller? Yeah, totally. I guess in uh, two in two instances, like when we're on call, the pediatricians, uh, the general pediatricians at BC Children's Hospital, we are on call for the province, but because we have a kind of um, health authority based system, 
most of the time, if I'm called by a pediatrician colleague, they're not really asking me for advice. They're more saying, hey, like, Matt, can you transfer this kid down to children's because they mm-hmm. require medical care needs that are beyond what we can offer at our facility. Like they might gotcha. need some specialty consultation or be at high risk of deterioration and needing in a pediatric intensive care unit. Um, so, and and then I would say the majority of probably advice calls end up uh, happening more regionally. So when I was in Prince George, I would be called by family physicians from up north more often. Mm-hmm. Also occasionally gotcha. be called by, you know, um, a family physician or an eMERGE doc in a more rural location uh, to give advice over the phone. But mm-hmm. but I, I think that that more hap- um, commonly happens based on kind of health authority or region, which is probably appropriate because again, yeah. you know, I'm certainly no better a pediatrician uh, working at Children's than a lot of my, than my colleagues that work up north at another center. So it's really the pediatric advice that, that folks need. Um, in northern Manitoba, that's a lot more of the work we do is, is answering calls from nursing stations and things like that. But hmm. but certainly in BC, we have a more kind of, yeah, regionalized system. Okay. Makes sense. How does, how does the locuming process actually work? So you spend a couple of days or a week in these places each month or, or how does that actually look? What does that look like for you? Yeah, it's kind of like um, sort of choose your own adventure, I guess. Um, <laughs> My first year out, I did a lot of locum work, uh, trying to, I don't know if I could, you know, remember exactly how many weeks I did. It was probably more like a week every two months or something like that. I would go do somewhere else, but really like, I think as a physician, um, most pediatricians and most physicians in, in BC, you're sort of an independent contractor. So you're building your own schedule around the work that is available to you and the work that you want to do. So, so most of the time, you know, the locums, um, are things you arrange, they are sometimes posted, um, like, um, what's the rural? There's like the name of the a rural outreach program that I'm blanking on right now that sends regular updates about, about opportunities. But I think most people find them through word of mouth or through colleagues that have done similar okay. locums. And it's usually just a process of like getting in touch with the administrators or clinicians in that area and saying like, you know, hey, when do you want me to come? Or this is when I'm available. And then you kind of arrange it that way. And I mean, I think there's strengths and weaknesses to, to a locum model. Like I, I often acknowledge as a locum, I'm not really contributing to sort of like a sustained improvement in a healthcare system of a place mm-hmm. where I'm working. And I think that's something to be mindful of if you're a person that's doing locums probably. Um, because like I said, especially going somewhere like Northern BC, where there's such a high need for, for, um, pediatricians like it would be better if I would just move there than just um, and it's a luxury that I'm allowed to go up for kind of seven days only and help out um but um but yeah so it's, it's kind of something that if you choose to do you tend to kind of fit into your schedule with um the rest of your work commitments um to whatever extent you're interested in going um, because again I think as pediatricians we're lucky there's there's lots of opportunity generally to do locum work both in BC um and outside of BC have you found that going to all these different places and trying out all these different areas and, and experiences, have you found that that's made it more or less difficult to actually narrow down to what you eventually <laughs> want to do? Yeah. I mean, good question. Like, I think, um, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm probably moving away from doing that as, as many locums, I guess I would mm-hmm. say, um, it was really valuable. It has been really valuable because I think from a skills perspective, there's some of the best opportunities, especially for a new graduate, because you often mm-hmm. get to practice a breadth of pediatrics in places where you do have a little bit less um, backup and support. Um, but I mean, now like my main 
kind of like locum commitment is more of a formal outreach agreement that we now have with Northern BC. So I go to um, Hazelton and Smithers twice per year. There's six of us from, from the lower mainland that go on a kind of a alternating metronomic basis so that there's, a, there is actually somebody there once a month. Okay. Um, and it's consistent, like it's the same group, which is a little bit more sustainable. Again, ideally, mm -hmm. like somebody would move there, like th th that community could certainly use a couple of pediatricians, but there's just not the numbers or interest in that right now. Um, so yes, that's definitely been a little bit um, more my focus, to be honest. And, and it does interrupt, I guess, as I get more uh, ingrained in some of the work that I'm doing in Vancouver and that I want to be doing in the longer term down here. I think the more you go away and come back, the more it interrupts kind of the typical work cycle. And mm. um, I, yeah, as I work towards having hopefully like a little bit more of like a normal work life, um, I, I think, yeah, the, the locums will get harder to fit in. Makes Which I think sense. is like kind of like the circle of life of, of locuming though, because it is something that always newer graduates are going to want to do and take advantage right. of those opportunities. And so I think it's kind of normal, like a lot of people earlier in their career do them more and then kind of cut back as their lives change and their careers change. And then there's those opportunities for newer graduates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some of your work that you've been talking about a little bit in Vancouver is centered around child advocacy and um, some more vulnerable vulnerable populations, right? So yeah. would you want to speak about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I work, um, like I said, part of my job is for uh, what's called the Richer Initiative, which is our social pediatrics program out of BC Children's Hospital. And it's an interdisciplinary program um, based mostly kind of in Northeast Vancouver, the downtown east side and kind of the communities around the downtown east side. Um, and we do a variety of different things in that community. Um, there's a townhouse clinic that's kind of right uh, just off of East Hastings. Uh, and I have four nurse practitioner colleagues that that work out of that clinic full time, providing primary care, kind of place-based care for folks in the community. And then there's a group of um, general pediatricians, but also uh, pediatric dermatology and pediatric ophthalmology and developmental pediatricians that will do consultations um, both at the Richard townhouse and then also with kind of some of our partner organizations um, around the downtown east side. So I mostly work out of um, Shiway, which is a program uh, for women and families affected by substance use. Um, so I, I'm usually there once per week um, doing uh, pediatric care for the families that are a part of the Shiway program or have historically been a part of the Shiway program. Um, and then I also do some school assessments at a couple of the elementary schools um, around the downtown east side, um, which is a really uh, low barrier way for families to see pediatricians because if it's, if it's challenging to get to a pediatric clinic, especially on a weekday, if I just show up at a school, often I can at least call a parent and examine a kid quickly or something like that with their permission, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so those are assessments on just, you go right in, kind of set up camp in a school and uh, see kids yeah. right from there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I'd say like, so the, the richer program, which is the social pediatrics program started in 2008. So it's really the product. I only graduated two years ago. So I think my ability to do this work is um, totally credited to the fact that the Richer program um, has been around for so long and developed trusted relationships with a lot of organizations, um, including the Vancouver School Board and some of the schools in the community. Mm. And so really my work, for example, at one of the schools I go to is totally brokered through one of the nurse practitioners that's been working there for a long time. And so she sort of was like, hey, like, I trust Matt. Um, he's pretty okay. Why doesn't he come do some pediatric <laughs> consults here? Um, and then the school was like, sure, like that sounds, that sounds great. But, um, you know, I, I think certainly this is something we've seen a lot during COVID too with the richer group. Like it's been so important to have 
to have this kind of connection between the ivory tower of a big academic institution mm -hmm. and um, folks in the community. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really grateful to work uh, with such an amazing group of colleagues. It's been doing really strong work for a long time now and created this track record and this sense of broker trust so that we can do some of the work. Because, you know, I think that communities don't want kind of flash in the pan people. And there's no way if I was a community member, I would trust me like a recent graduate to come and do some of this work. It really is a testament to these kind of ongoing kind of institutional partnerships and um, built up trust. Mm -hmm. And what have you found most rewarding? And I guess to contrast that, what have you found most challenging about some of these experiences where you are going directly into the community to do your work? Yeah. Um, hmm. A good question. I mean, I guess like I sort of mentioned in med school, I was part of this podcast around health justice. And so I mm -hmm. think that like ideas of sort of justice and access to care and um, have always been important to me. And so I feel like when I do this work, um, I'm, I'm sort of contributing to that, or there's certainly a strong component of that. Um, because I think, I mean, one of my mentors, um, Chris Locke, who's was one of the founders of the Richard program as a developmental pediatrician. And I think it was her mentor that kind of says it's about seeing the kids, seeing who we aren't seeing. Um, and so I think it is, I do think that we have an opportunity to reach families often that for various reasons, including, you know, colonial trauma and racism and various things have been fearful of the healthcare system. And I, I so I think it's meaningful to be able to try to reach some of those families mm -hmm. and try to build some more trust with them. Um, and I think it, I think, having those relationships, I, I've seen it play out really well into the healthcare system because, um, you know, it's, I think it's, it's been helpful to have folks that are working both in these communities and in the hospital, because then when a person shows up to the eMERGE or is admitted to the ward, um, especially if they don't kind of like look or speak or behave in the way that we're accustomed to people looking or speaking or behaving that come to hospital, because I think we all have a lot of biases when it comes to what we're expecting with, with families that come to seek our care. Um, it's been helpful for them. They will be like, Matt's my doctor down at Shiway. Like, if you have a problem with me, give him a call. And, you know, like it, it, it kind of, it's, it's kind of gone both ways. So, and I think, I think maybe the most rewarding, um, ones I'd, I'd say have been when I have had families that I look after, say at Shiway that get admitted to children's and then say that they have okay. like this phenomenal experience at children's hospital because there's been this like kind of trust built. And, mm -hmm. um, so that's probably been the most, um, rewarding part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest challenge, I, I, I think that we still fight for visibility, to be honest, like in, in terms of providers. And so I can't imagine, I mean, what it would be like to be a member of some of these communities in terms of visibility when they're suffering often, again, from so many historical um, and structural forces. And, and again, they're still not being seen and probably receiving equitable care. So um, certainly sometimes it's frustrating to feel like it can sometimes feel like an uphill battle, I guess I would say, mm. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but um, but again, that's, that's a, you know, something that I guess we're continually trying to improve upon and, um, yeah. Yeah. And I notice when you, when you talk, sometimes you're talking about, um, you know, children specifically, and then sometimes you're referencing the families as well. And obviously the family is a big part of that, of being a pediatrician. And so how have you found navigating that, um, kind of dynamic that I, think would be fairly unique to being a pediatrician yeah totally I mean totally like I think I mean 
in pediatrics, your, your patient on a super granular level is the child, but you know, in most cases, ideally you can't really isolate the child from their family. So you really are caring for the entire family unit. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's something that people, you know, say, I remember like in medical school being like, Oh, I don't want to go into pediatrics because I like actually want to talk to my patients or whatever. Um, and yeah, like certainly like, you know, a 26 week neonate isn't going to talk to you about their experience, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but their family will. And, and, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I mean, I really feel like I am more in the business of caring for families than just a single child because, because also, you know, um, you know, you have like a two-year-old with eczema, like the two-year-old is not going to go home and moisturize and apply right you know, mm. a systemic corticosteroid, like, like that's not, <laughs> that's not going to be part of their daily routine. Mm-hmm. So, so usually inevitably, uh, certainly up until adolescence, you are caring for, for a whole family. And, and, you know, most times with adolescence as well, it really is, you know, um, for many adolescent issues, it's kind of like fa- a family-based approach that's required um, in terms of providing care. So, so yeah, like, I, I mean, I think, for me, it's impossible to to tease the two apart. It's the saddest possible situation when you have a child that doesn't have a family for whatever reason. Um, that can be that involved in their care. Um, so, so yeah, for me, I can't really separate the two apart. But I think it's something that people don't really consider, both as a pro and potentially a con to pursuing uh, pediatrics as a specialty. I've heard a lot of people, you know, in our program, peers and and even just people outside of medicine, when I tell them that I have an interest in pediatrics who say, you know, I don't know how you could possibly do that, you know, constantly being around kids that are sick and things like that. And kind of almost like this, like a label of very like sad medicine that gets put on mm-hmm. pediatrics. How do you, how do you feel about that opinion or or that understanding? Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, for me, it's always been more like hopeful medicine than sad mm-hmm. medicine, because I think that, I agree with that, you know, most of the times. Well, first off, I think the, you know, on like probably like a per case basis, outcomes in pediatrics are probably amongst the best in any kind of medical field that you can go into. I haven't done that analysis myself, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I think, but I would, I would say in general, like our outcomes tend to be um, quite good. And like, certainly I thought a lot about becoming a pediatric oncologist, which again Mm -hmm. is like the, the, probably the pinnacle of people being like, how could you do that? Like what a, what a, what a, like what a sad field that would be to go into. But, and I I don't want to butcher the numbers. Um, you guys can reach out to one of them. I can, I can suggest (laughs) some oncologists you guys could talk to, but pediatric oncologists, but, but their numbers tend to be really, really positive. Like most kids diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, recover from their disease and um and i think the same would go for for most for most facets of pediatrics and um and even when you're kind of helping a kid through a more like you know say like chronic or congenital problem i think our lens tends to be again like you know based on hope and function and improving quality and like Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of like all the work that we do so um so i certainly do hear that like i I understand and i think that there's some people like i always tell people both when they're in pediatric residency and like medical students like there's going to be stuff that's just like you find personally too sad. Like everyone's going to have something that's like kind of a trigger and just like, they don't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't do that. And so Mm. it's like seeing a kid that's sick and in pain is triggering for you. Like it might be hard to be a pediatrician. (laughs) So, um, and if you love working (laughs) with children and sick children are really triggering, you can be a family physician and work with kids or, you know, like there's, there's lots of other ways to incorporate that into your, or like, you know, 
like, I don't know, be a big brother, or big sister, or like, you know, if, if you want to start your own family, like there's lots of options. Um, so, um, so yeah, I guess I would say, you know, be mindful of, of that potential in yourself. And I, I'll, I'll say that often to people in pediatric residency as well, because, you know, there's no, uh, yeah, there's no like normal way to feel or to approach a lot of these really challenging and, and delicate and sometimes traumatic situations. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you are like, some people have the capacity to, you know, um, work in pediatric critical care where there's like, there is probably more often bad outcomes and, and children dying or work in pediatric palliative care. Um, but not everybody has to do that within pediatrics. And if you'd rather work with, you know, kids that are having, you know, neurodevelopmental differences and struggling in school, you can go into general pediatrics or um, developmental pediatrics, or, you know, th there's, there's always like, there's, there's always, there's a lot of options, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I would say. That's great to hear. Yeah. But I think it is something to be, again, I, I usually do recommend for people that are considering pediatrics to try to do an elective or like gain some experience where you're working in an environment with more critically ill or seriously ill children, because mm -hmm it's going to at least going to be a part of your residency, even if it's not going to be a part of your career. Hmm. And I, I do think for some people, it's like an extraordinarily challenging part of their residency. And I think it's just good to be mindful of that and kind of be prepared for it. So, um, so that is something that I, I, I recommend to medical students that ask me like, what electives should I think about? I was like, you should think about trying the things that you might anticipate being challenging for you to see how you find that. That's very helpful advice actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to realize is to put yourself into some of those more challenging situations and, and see kind of, again, with a specialty that's as broad as pediatrics, um, trying to narrow down even fairly early on what aspects you might be mo more interested in or more, more better suited for. Um, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, my, the advice that my mentor in Hamilton, Andrea gave me as a medical student was to try to do, you know, get some experience on a kind of at a tertiary pediatric inpatient unit, like a CTU style experience because that's what you're going to be doing a lot of during your residency mm -hmm. and then to get some experience in a pediatric subspecialty to kind of get what does pediatrics look like at this more kind of like granular um very specific level and then also to do some sort of community general pediatrics to see like what does a person do that's doing a wide breadth of things in a in a smaller community where you're doing everything from like zero to 18 um and that might give you the best if you if you had the opportunity to do say three electives in pediatrics it would be maybe wise to choose something you know from each of those general categories All right that makes sense when you're so now when you're on your pediatric ctu ward um mm -hmm. what is it what does a day look like for you as a uh, staff physician yeah um so you know we get handover in the morning from the residents from overnight uh and then you know i guess usually for me i i get to work if there's um uh, patients that are you know quite sick um I usually sneak around and try to see them three rounds, usually with my senior resident. But if they're busy doing other stuff, I do try to see and touch base with the sickest patients um, kind of before we start rounds. And then we do family-centered rounds at BC Children. So we round with the team um, of, you know, um, medical students, residents, so a junior and then a senior resident, um, a pharmacist, uh, a nursing leadership. Um, sometimes some are, we have like a discharge planning nurse that will come for various patients. Um, and then we certainly try to involve like social workers or dietitians or other allied health members on patients that they're um, involved with care of. Um, and we certainly, again, always involve families in rounds. And that's kind of usually the morning is kind of some of the pre-round work. And then, 
and then rounding. And then the afternoons, again, is kind of a, a variety of things. It's, um, you know, transferring patients in from other parts of the hospital, seeing new patients uh, down in the eMERGE or seeing newly trans um, uh, transferred patients from around the province that are coming to Children's. And then, you know, uh, doing some teaching usually. Um, and then getting caught up on admin and paperwork. There's always a lot of admin and paperwork and, you know, emails for my other various projects and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So yeah, definitely, uh, it can be busy days depending on how many patients we have, but it can be a lot of fun too. And have you found that the schedule that you've been working kind of with, at least as a staff physician at Children's, has that allowed you to do things outside of work unrelated to medicine that you're interested in? Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, I, I think balance is probably can be challenging for everybody at times. But um, I think I, I definitely make room in my life for, um, like, you know, my personal life and like exercise. I do a lot of yoga. I'm on my bike whenever I can. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love to cook. I, I like wine. I like a good travel. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I would be lying if I said that I've been perfect at striking balance my whole career. Like I'm a pretty mm -hmm. uh, intense, like type A high achieving person, I think is sort of my like default setting. Um, and so um, I'd be lying if I said it sometimes wasn't challenging for me to make myself do so. But I think uh, it's something I've been getting better at and finding more essential as I go through uh, my career to carve out that time. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, like within pediatrics, I, again, I've kind of alluded to this several times, like there's a lot of work out there and, there was times in my first year of practice when I was doing a lot of locums that I was working. It felt like almost constantly because there's, you know, even in the lower mainland, many different hospitals you can pick up call at and, um, you know, there's no one to the work that you could, that you could theoretically do. There's also mm -hmm. clinics that need help and hospitals that need help. Um, but like, as I've gone through, I've gotten a little bit better at setting a couple more boundaries and carving out some more time for myself. So, um, so I think, again, it's, it's a nice thing about pediatrics and specifically, I think general pediatrics, like I, I would have a harder time speaking to the experiences of my, my colleagues that are some specialists at a tertiary center. Um, uh, and I think probably actually every pediatric specialty, uh, every pediatric specialty, the specialist would have a different answer. Like, I think, right. you know, right. uh, a neonatologist has a very different life than a probably pediatric endocrinologist than an adolescent medicine specialist. Um, and, and then similarly, probably almost every general pediatrician has a very different kind of life mm -hmm. and work-life balance, but, but it is something that's within your control, especially again, as a general pediatrician, um, to, to strike some balance, if that's something that's important to you, which totally probably, totally. It sh probably it should be, but again, no judgment. <laughs> no judgment if you just want to work all the time. No, but it's great to hear that you have, have that control because, you know, I think sometimes when, you know, we kind of just associate like family medicine is the one that has all the control and all the flexibility. And, mm. and maybe, you know, our listeners don't consider that other specialties also have that same um, control over, you know, what you want your practice to look like and, and the fact that it can change even throughout your career if you have different mm -hmm. goals. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that like, again, I think that there's, especially with, at least I can speak to general pediatrics, you can have a ton of control over mm -hmm. how much you work and what kind of um, work you do. And I think it will probably be you know, the norm for people to have a lot more uh, variation in their um, practice over the course of their careers. Um, I think that's like the trend generally with, with us millennials, like we, we don't yep. do the same thing for too <laughs> long. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, and I, I think that will probably be something that, that I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure my career will have very uh, many different phases. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 
It's interesting to be able to have that opportunity. I think that's just, that's something that isn't front facing for pediatrics necessarily. Um, and I think yeah. that's, that's going to be really important for, for people to hear. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And then I guess I want to give you a little bit of space to give any, and we're going to pick your brain for any advice that you might have for medical students that are maybe considering pediatrics, but are in that classic kind of spin cycle of pediatrics, family medicine, <laughs> maybe internals on there, maybe mm -hmm. a surgery's on there too. Why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, one of my best friends who I'm actually going up to visit, well, not to visit, I'm going to do a locum in Whitehorse, but she mm -hmm. lives there. She applied to um, family medicine, psychiatry, general surgery, and pediatrics. So, no way. Um, so, so probably... <laughs> what an application. I wonder if she'll listen. I, I bet you could... Hopefully, most people can hone it down better than Jill Gibson. Love you, Jill, in case she, in case she listens to this. I'll send it to her. Um, but no, I, I mean, um, it's a good question. I, I think, um, I guess one of the pieces of advice I already gave, which is like, you know, try to get experiences in a couple different settings of pediatrics so you can gain the best understanding you can of what like a pediatrician might do and what that work might look like for you. Because I think it's important to try to have as, as best a sense as possible before you go into it. I think, you know, it's pretty uncommon for people to enter pediatrics being like, oh, I'm just going to like see well children in clinic and it's going to be a super, you know, lovely time just with healthy children every day. Like that's most, <laughs> most, most medical students obviously aren't coming to pediatrics with that, with that lens. But, but I think trying to gain the best understanding that you can about what it is that pediatricians do in various settings and thinking about like what that might look for you is an important step absolutely um i mean again i think it's important to be mindful of um the fact that as a pediatrician specifically in bc where even general pediatricians are consultants so we're, we don't really do primary care um you need to be referred to us for a specific issue so all of our patients will have like a fairly significant issue or medical problem and um you know most times when you see a patient or you're working with a family, they're dealing with something that's kind of at best, like very sensitive for them. And oftentimes like in a hospital setting, like kind of one of the most like stressful or traumatic experiences they're probably going to go through as a family. So, you know, um, uh, yeah, I think it's important to be cognizant and mindful of that. And I think for me, it's like a huge privilege to be able to be a part of these experiences for families and to walk with them through like, and again, whether it's like a something for me that's a minor medical issue in clinic, but to a family is really important to have them to, to see it addressed um, in, a, in a meaningful way, or whether it's in hospital with a kid that has very significant kind of medical illness or very significant social complexity that we're trying to navigate. Um, yeah, like I, I, I think I look at it as, um, as a, like a rewarding uh, part of my job, some of those challenges, but, but, I think it's important to be aware that that's what you're going to be doing a lot of as a pediatrician, because, you know, you don't want to be caught off guard by like, what, like everyone's, everyone's sick and like, everyone's kind of stressed out when they're in the hospital. Like, it's not like, you know, like it's a beautiful hospital and, but, but people yeah. are still <laughs> sick and going through serious, serious issues when they're there, you know, like it's not all just like visits from the Canucks. Um, so, or Johnny Depp, he came when I was in residency. That's I was, true. I was, no I was, way. I was, right. yeah, I was there. I was at the hospital when that happened. Were you? I was <laughs> yeah. not there. I was in Hartley Bay. I missed it. Yeah. Walked um, right by the desk. Yeah. I was I know. volunteering at the navigation desk, walked right by. Oh, really cool. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 He came in costume. Yeah. But anyway, so like, that's, I think like the like optics sometimes it's like Johnny mm. Depp and like the white caps. 
Um, and and I think like you know, Johnny Depp and the Whitecaps don't talk to you as they probably shouldn't as a pediatrician. Like your your job <laughs> is to like is to like help help families and sick kids. So you know, um, and so I I just think like being rooted in that and understanding that is important because again I think for me that's what's so rewarding about it. But I think sometimes it does catch people kind of off guard that are expecting like a slightly different, um, you know, ex- experience in in terms of in terms of pediatrics. Um, you know, I, I tell people too, to be prepared, like it is a super general specialty. So there's going to be a breadth of what you need to do as a resident and nobody's going to be good at everything. So that, like, that's, you know, most people come into medicine feeling like they've been like pretty good at least many things, but you know, you can't, it's, it's, it's challenging to be like the all-star developmental pediatric resident and the all-star pediatric critical care resident. Like those are very mm. different special, those are very mm. different types of people that are going to excel in those two environments. And so, you know, like do some of the inner work to be like, what am I good at? What am I going to have a harder time with? And just be able to sit with that a little bit or find, you know, physicians or attendings to talk to about it. Um, Cause everybody will have been through these experiences and we'll be able to relate to them. Um, and then I think, I mean, I think the last one is like ask lots of questions probably and, and find people that you can talk to and pick their brain about things that will be, you know, honest and unfiltered with their experiences. And yeah. um, because, you know, like, it's not in anyone's interest to have people be unhappy with the specialty that they choose or like be unhappy in their residency. So like, I've always taken the approach of like, I'll like totally tell you like it is, um, you know, like on a podcast, I'm probably a little bit more filtered than I would be in real life. But, um, but I've, I've certainly been completely honest, I think today. And, and I, th- and I think find people that will be honest with you and, uh, that you can ask kind of challenging questions to, or ask hard questions to when you're trying to navigate kind of some of these decisions, but but also, I guess, sorry, my last piece of advice is also like, the, like, I think that all of us, especially in this field, put like this huge weight of pressure on ourselves. And I think it's important to like, remember that you're trying to make the best, like what you think is the best choice for you right now, but like, allow space that like, that might change in a couple of years. And like, that's okay. You might start something and be like, this was a terrible idea. Like, I'm sure if I had, there's some specialties that I could have decided to go into that I probably would have been like, never mind, like, gotta switch it up. Um, and, and I'm not saying that it's easy to do that or you should you should approach the decision making lightly, but I think the heaviness with which people approach it is sometimes disproportionate to the mm-hmm. to what it has to be. And I, and I think mm-hmm. it causes a lot of angst um, and it should probably cause some angst, but it shouldn't like cause, you know, the most angst of all time because like, <laughs> there's there's worse things than trying to choose your medical specialty. Like so. So to our listeners, aim for a moderate amount of angst. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here first, that is the advice to go with. Anything that causes you minimal, but still some anxiety. <laughs> yeah, moderate angst and trying out to apply for, you know, psych surgery, peds, and family, like my friend Jill. Um, <laughs> Just curious, what, so she, what did she actually end up in? She's a royal family doctor, obviously, oh, because okay. she was interested in all of those things. And she's an incredible, she's an incredible physician with a breadth of practice. She delivers babies and does addictions in, in the white horse and. Um, you know, does kind of minor procedures and is able to do all those things. And, you know, I, I think it needs to be said, like, I'm like, for me, I think pediatrics was certainly the right choice. And I'm glad that I made it. But I think I certainly could have been happy doing other things. I think I would have been happy as a family doctor. Um, absolutely. Like seeing the work that a lot of my family physician friends do, I think I would have been very happy also doing that. So um, there's lots of great professions out there. There's lots of things to consider when you're making those choices. 
you've definitely echoed the comments of some of the previous guests that we've had on the show that, you know, what residency you're in isn't the end all be all. It's, it's definitely what you craft your personal practice to be and what niche you find for yourself. Yeah. And also like what, you know, for you as a person, um, how much of, how much is your career going to define you? I think is mm -hmm. also an important thing to start mm -hmm. th thinking about, like, you know, do I define myself solely by like my the hat that I wear professionally, or is there a lot of other things that are important to my identity and, you know, I'm trying to protect time and opportunity to have some of those things. So, um, and for me, those things are, other things are also important. So, um, but which isn't to say that there's some pediatricians that don't, it's not their full, you know, full meal deal. Mm -hmm. Right. That's great. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think now that my angst has gone from high to probably moderate, uh, I think that's a, <laughs> the perfect way to kind of end our show. And given the fact that it's a finally a nice day out in the middle of June and hasn't rained in a couple of days, we want to make sure you have enough time to get out there and enjoy and uh, maybe have a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm, uh, I'm, plan I'm planning on that. Yeah, it yeah. would be nice. And thank you so much for yeah being so candid and, and honest about, um, about all your experiences and advice as well. Yeah, no, totally. Always happy to chat about it. Um, you know, people can feel free to find me on the wards or send me an email or whatever. I'm always happy to, to chat. Yeah, awesome, I think awesome. that's great. And I think we're going to look forward to hopefully running into you in our third year. Absolutely. And to all those listening to our podcast, thank you so much. And for more episodes of Metamorphosis, look for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was written, recorded, and edited with 100% adherence to social distancing guidelines. As usual, on behalf of the entire Metamorphosis team, we hope you're staying happy, healthy, and safe. See you next time, and remember to wash your hands. This has been a presentation of the UBC Medicine Learning Network. 